Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New York City. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And we are your drama podcast hosts. For those of you who don't know us, and why would you? We are just two Ohio boys who are taking a juicy bite of the Big Apple. We're also twins and roommates and best friends and honestly sound extremely similar so kudos to you if you can figure out who's who by the end of this episode and Connor and I are going to be bringing you drama yes what that means is is we are your resident dramatics taking this long utilized catchphrase of ours all of our friends know that this is our usual response to any tweet they send us life update anything we'll just say drama and we are going to be putting our drama where our mouths are and having weekly convos with all of your Broadway faves Our goal is to heighten and expand your horizons when it comes to entertainment, pop culture, and primarily theater through this intimate, cozy medium. So we both work in creative, yet more behind-the-scenes roles within the theatrical community. So we're going to be giving you this inside look at the high drama of this this special town. And honestly, we have nothing to lose, so why not have a little fun? Exactly. We are not representing a theatrical press outlet or a website or a theater in general. We're just talking about drama. We're going to be digging our heels into Broadway, off-Broadway, national tours, music, TV, film, major award shows, and honestly, anything possible. As dramatics, we just feel like the market is missing a laid-back, casual, no-holds-barred medium for people to just talk in this business. There's no red tape for us to tiptoe around. So we hope this is a chill and enjoyable place for people to flock to. And to help us today, we have someone so iconic and brilliant. So iconic. We literally cannot believe that she is here to help us launch this. Yes, our guest today is always working. Currently starring in Seared at MCC, which we saw. Our guest has appeared in the original Broadway companies of Good Vibrations, Spring Awakening, In the Heights, First Date, and brought the iconic role of Wednesday Adams to life, honey, in the Adams family. She won critical acclaim for her turn as Ilsa in the Deaf West Broadway production of Spring Awakening, and also won all of our hearts as the fan favorite diva. Anna Vargas on Smash. Yes, queen. She's been in a chorus line, Hercules in the Park, and you'll also recognize her from her on-screen roles in Trial and Error, Quantico, Younger, Chasing Life, The Mysteries of Laura, Gossip Girl, and the upcoming Netflix series, which is actually now out, as Ms. Crumble. Daybreak. Please welcome to drama, Krista, Krista Rodriguez. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you oh so God, much for doing so this. Much. Yeah, I'm excited. Drama. <laughs> That's right. She knows. She knows. Catchphrase. When you're listening to us read your credits, mm-hmm. are you like, oh, wow, I did do all of that? I actually did have that moment. I was like, that's cool. That's, that's cool. I've done a couple cool things. <laughs> You've been in this, this town for a while. Yeah. 17 years oh my goodness. I've been in New York. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. It's like I've I've officially reached that like when I first moved here, <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to go to the Edison Diner. You know, oh, like it's like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I'm one of those ladies now. Someone so. once told me that you're a true New Yorker when like your favorite spots have have gone turned, away. Yeah, gone away. That's at some totally point. what it is. Um, that's so sad. I know. It's so sad. It is sad. It's like a metaphor for change in this town. Oh, though, I know. You know. I have like this old story of how like the when I first moved here, the Empire State Building used to turn their lights off at midnight. Oh. Because they were trying to save energy. They were conserving energy. Wow. So I used to look at the Empire State Building and wait for the lights to go out. And then I would go to sleep. I would like say goodnight Aww. to New York City. And now it's all LED lights. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's such like a romantic I know. It New was York so romantic. Moment. Where did you live when you first moved here? Uh, when I first moved here, I actually got to live in the West Village because I went to NYU and they had the dorms there. Okay. So I was on Fifth Avenue. So Which fun. was like, oh my God, I, I died. I was like, I'm living on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> and you could, I had like, I could angle my window so that it would face out and reflect the Empire State Building. So that's how I was like, I have a view of the Empire State Building outside of my window. Um, so that's I so sex in the first. city. I know, I know. That's amazing. I know. I was really lucky. 
I'll never be able to live back there again. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's honestly my dream. Yeah. To like live in the West Village, yeah. see Sarah Jessica Parker totally, wandering. Totally, totally. Just know. meandering. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so we're wondering something. Okay. Krista. Yes. Are you well? Yes. You're well. I'm well. Oh, yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Things are going great in your life right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's been cool. Like I, I, it's been really satisfying in this last sort of phase of the year because a lot of this stuff was sort of um, being cultivated early on and then they just started, you know, the, the crop started popping up and then they kind of all popped up at the same time. So it was great is that I use, I had like a few months this year to like go on vacation and do passion projects and little things that I wanted to do before I knew it was about to get like super busy. But it's really neat to see like the fruits of what you have planted for a long time. Like things take a long time in this business. So to see them all pop up at once and be like, Hey, it's all here is really rewarding. I mean, truly at once. Yeah. I feel like in the last like two months, yeah. We've seen you in Hercules in the Park. Yeah. You had your solo debut. My debut at 54. Debut. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my God. We'll talk about that next Okay. Um, and then, of course, Seared, which we just yeah. saw recently. Mm-hmm. With, oh, my God. All these amazing And then Daybreak. Projects. And Daybreak. Yeah. All at the same time. Oh, my God. So we kept, like, getting calls for things and being like, technically, it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're willing to do three jobs at once, technically, this works. And so we just did it. And I, I had two breakdowns. But other than that, I've Great. done pretty well. <laughs> you're still standing. Yeah. Um, I, we have questions, honestly, about all of yeah, those let's things. Yeah, let's give it to but, you. But um, Seared was so... Oh yeah, Incredible. you saw it. We yeah. loved it. Thank you. Love I was Thanks. just very hungry. I know it smells great. Right? They should give a warning that's like eat before, eat beforehand. We didn't. I know we wanted to like give a like put a food truck outside or oh, something, but we couldn't like figure out the logistics. Oh my god, that but would have been great. I know, marketing. wouldn't it? Yeah, I feel like I feel like these nonprofit theaters mm-hmm. need to have like these. I, okay, I guess it's because like the character I play in Seared is this like young is, woman Emily. who comes in mm-hmm. to like shake things up and be like, guys, we can get everything. Yeah. I feel like we need someone in these like theater things. Like, guys, we can be everywhere. Yes. Like, let's she do was it. Like, Emily was iconic. She's iconic. Her She's fashions. So Her fashion's amazing. <laughs> She's all Zara all the time. <laughs> Um, but the, she the like heels. puts it together well. Yeah, she's got the great heels. Um, Tilly Grimes is our costume designer, and she's done like a couple shows of my that I've been in, and like she is spot on all the time. But um, but yeah, she it's really interesting. The show is really interesting. Like I'm the only woman in the show, and it's about this like basically when you boil it down, like a. a a total nightmare of a man. Mm-hmm. Like he's sort of like an Anthony Bourdain, like yeah. temperamental chef who is entirely like self-sabotaging himself and the business that him and his best friend are in. And, but he's like, it's total Walter White complex. Like mm-hmm. you love him immediately. You're like, I love this nightmare man. Yes. And then this sort of like slightly nightmare, but like very competent woman walks in and it's like, screw you we hate you get out of here and then like you hope that people leave and go wait a minute why did i hate her because you know we talked about this on the walk we were like wait we should have been rooting for her Mm -hmm. the whole time because Mm -hmm. she you were emily was right i mean Mm -hmm. no spoilers obviously but like emily's always right emily is incredible Mm -hmm. yeah is have you ever been in that scenario before where you're the only woman in a show oh yeah i mean yeah I've been in scenarios where I'm like the only woman in the room or or when when the majority does not swing toward women obviously but it was written by a woman. But it was written by Teresa yeah. Rebeck. And, you know, people will sometimes say to say about Teresa's work, they're like, why doesn't she write like fem- female characters who are like the heroes? And it's like, because that's not the reality. Mm. And A, that's not the reality most of the time. B, that's not been her experience. And I think that she writes the best from like, she is a better um bulldog than she is like a feminine like you know like that's how i want to be that's how we all want to be and like she's been doing that for years and hitting the wall and now like we get to see how that all plays out when maybe you let someone like that in charge you know and like acknowledge that they are doing exactly what everyone else is doing to get Mm -hmm. to where they're going so that's like another part of it but also i don't want to play the hero all the time Mm -hmm. like i as a woman my my goals and what I did a couple years ago and sort of refocused my life and my career was to be like, I don't want to be the smartest woman in the room who's always rolling her eyes at the men. I want to get dirty too. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what has led to daybreak and seared and um, even Hercules in some degree, like 
and my 54 below show like all the things that i'm trying to say is like i want to i want to get down in the dirt too like don't i don't want to come out scot-free in anything Mm -hmm. either so i do feel like that's interesting though that men tend to get their subs dirty and come off Mm scot-free easier than women do. oh yes so it's interesting i hope that people are seeing and talking about it like you guys were doing about like why it's hard when people aren't and they're just like, oh, amazing. We have this woman that we get to hate. Mm-hmm. Like they don't take the extra step that right. is like, you know, I wonder why I hated her. Yeah. I had someone in an interview be like, well, we knew Emily was going to be bossy because she was wearing high heels. Oh, and I no, was no, like, no, no, wait, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, OK, let's unpack that. Let's it was probably, it was, that was it a man? Who, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. But like, uh, but it was just, <laughs> you know, like, OK, let's unpack why you think that heels means bossy and also if i didn't wear heels in the office what would you think about her then yeah exactly. is she sloppy is she not competent mm-hmm. is she not feminine like all the things around it so anyway that's my diatribe about uh, wow <laughs> i honestly felt like i related to emily the most out of all sure. the characters so i didn't walk away hating her. yeah i thought she was fabulous yeah I, she is fabulous she's fun to play I'm sure. I'm like, I want to be annoying, but I also <laughs> want to be right. She's great. Which is annoying. She's so great. Yeah. And that and that's running through December, right? Dece- uh, December 1st is okay. our, we um, we extended until oh, December great. 1st. So. Well, I hope everyone gets the chance to see. Yeah, it. please that's come. So good. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we get uh, too ahead yeah, of ourselves yeah, no, with okay. this. We're going to yeah. come back <laughs> to a question that we're wondering. Mm, so mm-hmm. this is kind of the one question we want to ask all of our guests. Great. And it's Inspired by the musical Fun Home. So in uh-huh. Fun Home, there's a scene in a song called Ring of Keys in which a character has a moment of total identification and clarity. So we want to relate that to a life in the arts. So mm-hmm. when it comes to theater, pop culture, entertainment, did you ever have that Ring of Keys moment where you said, you know, this is this is what I want. This is yeah. where, where I see myself, whether it be professionally or even just out of what you enjoy out of every day. Yeah, I think that like there are several moments that that happens for you, especially when you have your ring of keys moment when you're five. It's wow. like you get that moment of like, I know something about this is something I need. And then you have several more where you start to solidify how that actually like makes your life seem. So I was five and my mom got me tickets to see Annie. It's always Annie. Like, I, I, you guys should take an Annie toll. It's like the metal lark of 54 yeah. below toll. Like, take the Annie toll. Like, how many lives has Annie ruined is what I always like to say. A hard knock life. Hard knock life. I mean, but it's just like when you're a kid and you see someone your age, basically, like up there, we were in the second row and we were late, which is a very Kathy Rodriguez thing to do. <laughs> and um, so we like had to climb over everybody. We sat in the two center seats in the second row. And she was just like there this girl and a dog i mean please it's over and like there were footlights <laughs> and i was like i whatever this is i need to be here um so that coupled with the fact that like i did have some natural ability that like led that to be an easier you know i think a lot of people conceive themselves and be like i want to be on broadway but not n- not be able to do that so once i sort of realized i had that ability i was just sort of living life doing as much as I could and singing in the choirs and like taking the dance lessons and stuff, but didn't really know what that meant. Um, and Kathy was supportive. And Kathy was so supportive and, and my dad, um, they were, they're so supportive and, um, they, they also did not come from that world. So they didn't know how to really like solidify that for me either. They were just supportive in whatever I wanted to do. And I was also playing basketball and doing all these other yes. things, you know? And then, um, I saw my first Broadway show when I was six. So that was in California when I saw Annie. When okay. I saw I saw Fiddler on the Roof when I was six, my parents and I and my brother um, lived in a motorhome for a year and we like traveled around the country. What? And so we we like rolled into New York City like in a motorhome <laughs> and like went up to the TKTS booth. And this is in like 89, 90. So like theater was the it place to like show off mm-hmm. your ruffles and your like, you oh, know, yes. your poofy oh, sleeves yes. and your satin pumps and everything. I was in like jean shorts and a t-shirt. And I remember um, getting into the theater and getting like so embarrassed and be like, I don't want to go in there. All these girls are wearing beautiful dresses and whatever. So we like went in and then we sat down and then the lights went out. And it didn't matter. Like, I, I remember even at six being like, it doesn't matter. It's it's dark in here. Like, no one cares. And then and then I think 
like knowing that now that experience of that great great equalizer of mm-hmm. broadway of theater of yeah. like entering into an agreement with everyone in the room that we're all doing this together regardless of where you come from or how much money you can pay or whatever so i think that was a big beautiful moment for me and then later on like when i was like 12 or 13 i was in a dance recital and i came i got in the car with my mom afterwards and i was like i just love the smell of the theater (laughs) i need to be around the smell there's nowhere else in the world that smells like a theater Mm -hmm. smells it's that like paint and mold smell oh yeah oh yeah and like i don't i still don't know what it is i I think it is mold but like (laughs) i remember being like i just nowhere else i want to be around that all the time and then she said in that time she was like you know people do this for a living and i was like what Wow. You've been holding out on me. <laughs> and from that point on, it was just like, I just, you know, might as well have like kicked the door open. I was like, no one stopped me. This is where I'm going. What has taken me so long to know that this is what I wanted to do? So, oh my so those all come together. Those are all amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of this this great equalizer yeah. in theater. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and you have so much talent, too. Oh, thanks. You're such a dynamic performer. Thank you. I feel like that really, in your most recent, or I guess your debut Yeah, show, my debut show, my debut. Before Below, mm-hmm. I was just blown away. Thank your you. your talent and your ability to capture the audience, truly. I mean, I still think about... I, I can talk about this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at the end, when you sang "What's Going On," uh huh. Like, yeah, don't on, worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Mm-hmm. We were wiping tears. <laughs> yeah. We cried. Amazing. Out. Yeah, it was. Amazing. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah. And passionate. It's, We've seen a lot of debuts. I'm sure. And yours I'm sure. was so unique. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I really like, I feel quite lucky. I was supposed to have done the show like three or four times before mm-hmm. that, but then things went wrong and, or, you know, I got other jobs or I um, had to move or something. There's always a reason. So I actually felt very lucky, lucky that it happened when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like when I had been in my life, when oh, I right. had like the, the year, cause I was supposed to do it last year. And then I had the year to know what I wanted to say and what I've who I've become in that year and like so I feel lucky that that got to be it that I wasn't making the debut at 21 and just like Mm -hmm. you know not knowing exactly what I wanted to say but but also on that end I I don't advocate for like waiting until you're absolutely ready to do Mm -hmm. something like I could have done 27 other shows before I had this show and still come to this show you know so I I wish I would have been a bit braver in the past but I do still feel lucky that I was able to put together what I did oh it was so good I was proud of it and we still talk about when you sang my strongest suit yeah yeah oh my god we'll never hear that song differently that was so brilliant it was so funny like I I was doing it for another event I was doing something and Ben and I were like what how funny would that be and we kind of like joked about it because we're like what song do we I didn't want to do like wind beneath my wings when I'm talking about cancer like I wanted to do something that more represented like what my experience was and we started playing through it and we were both like mouths dropped we're like every lyric of this is is what this was mm-hmm. like every single thing and like i have pictures that have me in all of these clubs yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so crazy so um it was an exciting moment that and the beyonce thing oh, like yes. when the oh. things like click together and you're like this could be a thing it's so exciting and ben is so good at that stuff so. Yeah, and the and I forgot about Chemo Couture, which I remember yeah. following along. Oh, thanks. What yeah. year? What year was that? Two thousand fifteen was when it launched. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yeah. February. And so seeing those pictures and the way that it all timed up mm-hmm. with, oh, I could. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was brilliant. Like, thank you. You were so great. And of course, you had some smash in there. I had some smash in we there. We need to talk about smash. Give it up. Let's oh, go. My, we need to talk about Anna. <laughs> yeah, Anna. We are smash. <laughs> Super fans. Have you watched it like several times, or do you? We regard it in like a like sort of like a. It doesn't need like over and over again. Yes, sure, we watched sure. it when it aired, and then yes. we watched it again. Yeah, I haven't seen on. it since it aired. I don't wow. remember most of the things. Oh my gosh, that's yeah, so funny. my niece is fourteen now, and she's going to the same arts high school that I went to. Okay. And so my parents were like, "Let's watch it again now that she's old enough yeah, to watch yeah. it." So they rewatched it in the last like month or so. But I have not. I Did they like know. mention anything? And you were like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, there was some part like, "Remember that thing?" I'm like, "Oh yeah." So that's what's so funny. That's but, yeah. We rewatched yeah. it then a year ago when Connor moved to New York. Okay. I was like, yes. I'm to New York, and I'm gonna. See I need it. that New York experience. Oh God, it was so cool. Yeah. It yeah. was great to watch it again. Honestly, because we watched it first when we were seniors in high school. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Freshman in college, and now like have as years have gone by, and you know the industry now a little bit oh, better. The, the faces and, like, that yeah. pop up in I that know. show, and I mean name drops left and right. The show yes. will always be just so wonderful and perfect to me. Like I know it wasn't always realistic, yeah. but that's okay. 
That's what I always said. Like, granted, if I weren't in it, maybe I would be more on that sure, thing, sure. on that side. But like, I, I mean, Grey's Anatomy, they're doing surgeries in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> there is no light in that operating oh, room. Yeah, yeah. Like, how can you possibly look at that and be like, that's completely realistic and right. not be like, oh, she doesn't have a wig cap on. Who cares? Right. Like, you know, I get that those things were would be fun and mm-hmm. Easter eggs, but the community is very small. Yes. Yeah. And the well, who we need to educate about theater is very large. Yes. So like it, it, broad strokes sometimes. Yes. You know, I hope we see another show like it. I know that everyone yeah. says, oh, Smash, come back and everything. Yeah. But I think I wonder when we'll get another look into theater. Yeah, like I know. I I. I, I there were two happening at the same time too, like when when Smash was coming out, another one, and and Smash itself was supposed to be on Showtime. Showtime, mm-hmm. that's right. So it was, you know, I think that there is in this world of like um, streaming services, we mm-hmm. could get something a lot like dirtier, and and well, that's not the same thing. So forget it. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, Connor, do you have anything specifically I you do. want to ask? So I, have, I honestly have so many questions. I don't want to make it all about Smash. No, but yeah. Did, had you watched season one yes. before you joined the show in season yeah, two? Yeah, definitely. I remember watching the season two premiere, which mm-hmm. we knew you were when it was coming out. You were yeah. this is a new you know, yeah. cast member on the show. But I remember Kat McPhee Foster is singing. Yes. <laughs> um, she's doing the opening number of season two. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's in her in her apartment and you're yeah. there waiting for her. Welcome yes, home. Yes, welcome home. Like, oh, girl, here we go. Uh-huh. Here we go. Yeah. And Anna, she really had, a, I feel like, a great arc through the series because, you know, we mostly had followed. I do feel like it was an ensemble show. But yeah. it was really Karen and Ivy. Sure, of course. Really going for what they wanted. But then, yeah. you know, like this other, you know, similar story about another woman who's really never had her chance to shine. Right. Then she right. gets it. Right. And then has it taken and away. And taken from away. Her. Right, right. The more realistic story than the girl mm-hmm. from Iowa shows up uh-huh. and gets the lead in the Broadway show mm-hmm. the next day. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I felt like I was representing a bit more of the like the regular sort of girl pounding the pavement all the time. And and the nature of TV and especially network TV is that like a lot of stuff gets cut and mm. so much of it has to be boiled down to like what what is the least amount of information we can get from this character because we actually need to see more from these other people whatever so yeah. my entrance on my first episode was supposed to be a three page scene oh about me I had come off of the West Side Story tour I had stolen my Rosalia shoes <laughs> I had like there was this whole thing about Karen staying with me because you know her and Dev broke up and like how we knew each other and how there was like pages and pages of like all of this exposition about how you know we had come to be and then when you see the episode it's like where are you going tonight oh I'm gonna go see that show starring Jennifer Hudson oh is that the show that's about the woman who blah 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 yep see ya and it's like all I my whole job was to like deliver exposition on a tray Mm -hmm. for other people yeah so like it it was tricky to feel like the arc was getting sort of seen by people. Mm-hmm. And there was feedback too from people being like, who is this girl? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why does she have, who? like there was a line I remember um, like in episode five or something. And I'm like, you know, Jimmy, you know, I'm talking about Jeremy. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, but you know, Jimmy. And do you know the actress Retta? She's yeah, yeah, from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, yeah. Literally tweeted was like, you don't know Jimmy. <laughs> Who are you, lady? Like, didn't even by episode five was still like, mm-hmm. ah, how am I supposed to believe that you know who Jimmy is? You know, oh yeah. Like, yeah. so that sort of thing happens a lot in TV, where you're like, I know what we filmed, and I know. So you mm-hmm. hope it's still getting across to people like who you are. But yeah, I mean, that was supposed to be her, her sort of lot in life was to to not to always sort of be the bridesmaid and never the bride yeah so sad I know she literally she got her Tony Award I know snatched I know by Mara Davi by Mara Davi by the the backstabbing Pilates instructor that's right yeah in a pre Me Too era in a pre Me Too storyline yes but also like maybe more uh, um what do I want to say? Sympathetic to the male character yes. instead of the female it, it, it character. It was. It, it honestly was. Because she came in as like this, oh no. Yeah. She's gonna oh no. She's going to ruin him. everything. Yeah. yeah. He like apologized to Michael, or like on an interview with Michael Riedel or something really? like that later. Yeah. His, yeah. It was very bizarre. <laughs> when you look back on that experience, yeah. what what is like, what stands out to you? Like what do you, what were like your big 
memories or take well like when we first started shooting season two i it was like one of the best times of my entire life like we had so much fun and it was andy and jeremy and i who had known each other peripherally but never like become friends sure. all of a sudden were like best friends like we formed a core so quickly that was amazing and Wes Taylor who was already one of my best friends was there Kat and I knew each other from college oh wow so we were sort of reuniting at that point and so for all of us to like uh, you know in Savannah Wise like there is a photo of us out eating lunch on like a sunny day in September in the studio and we're like sunning outside and it's just like young Broadway making their TV mark on the world and it was just like What's happening? This is amazing. Um, And then, you know, it becomes the job and it gets a little hard. But like those moments of like solidifying my relationship with all those people and how like, you know, what we've been through now together and marriages and, um, you know, cancer and TV shows and Jeremy becoming famous and like all of these things sort of like (laughs) all happening and like, you know, being in each other's weddings. And like, it's just like a great it, the, that's what really comes out of all of this stuff, regardless of where the TV shows go. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. That's like so cool to know that off screen you all were oh friends my gosh. too. Yeah. Yeah. One so of my close. favorite scenes was when you guys did This Will Be Our Year. Yeah. And like you just look at you guys were having a blast yeah, singing yeah. that song. It's fun to, um, to be with them. Yeah. Now, there was, we discovered on YouTube a version of I'm Not Sorry. Oh, yeah. Between you and Kat that sure. was cut from the show. Yes, it was. Yeah. Ah, Is that I just know. the nature of it? You know, sometimes things, because there is a version of that song, obviously, with. Yeah. The, I forget the character's name. Daisy. Daisy. Daisy yeah. Parker? Daisy Parker. Yeah. yeah. That was shot months after this one. So we shot, I'm not sorry, for episode seven, I think it was, or eight. It was something like that. It was okay. going to be in that episode. And they, I mean, you see those costumes. Like they spent so much money on that. And your Shoot, makeup. And the makeup and everything. I mean, it was like, you know, so much. And then I think it was somewhere around episode 10, they were like, I don't know. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. You have to know there's like, 150 people who are making decisions sure. and you don't even know and the reason you're told the decisions are made are not always why they're being yeah. made drama so we don't drama. really know there was some talk about how they didn't like some costume piece so they scrapped it there was it talk not that have they been were your like, headpiece no, because my that headpiece was iconic was yeah. but so like fierce. I had to have people like sitting around me like holding it up while I was in between takes and stuff I couldn't move people were having to like feed me and stuff and like, you were doing like and I was like trying to and... dance yeah it was like crazy so there was like maybe they didn't maybe they thought like the headpiece was obtrusive maybe they didn't like Kat's character's costume maybe um, the episode was too long there was like all of these reasons why it got mm-hmm. cut and then they redid it again for Daisy okay. to have that moment in episode 10 or whatever it was yeah 12. Yeah. yeah so it just happened yeah I know. One, one last thing about Smash, and then mm-hmm. we can move on. What do you have a favorite scene that you filmed throughout that whole experience? Um, um, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I could say that it was like the silks, like hanging from the oh silks, my goodness. which is like fun to think back on. But mm-hmm. that was terrifying. Like it was imagine. really terrifying, and it was a long day. Um, and it was like I cried a couple times before the day before oh. when like we did the rehearsal because it's like 30 feet in the air, oh, and yeah. there's like no net or anything. It's not like that was not. TV magic that was for real like wow. I did the whole thing with nothing no wires or nets or nothing and it was during Hurricane Sandy we had already shut production down for like two weeks because of Hurricane Sandy and then they were like okay we're coming back tomorrow and we're doing this number oh so it was like I had had like an hour of rehearsal I mean it was like it's it was crazy but it was cool that that exists like I'm glad that that yeah. happened that was cool that, that existed um, but I think it was like Probably earlier on, I remember having moments of like shooting stuff. Um, Jeremy and I had to sing like a love song together and we could not stop laughing. Like (laughs) things like that that stick out of my mind as like great experiences. Ah, That's so cool. Well, thank you for your contributions as Anna. Of course. Of course. It is something that I think is even more popular now than yeah. when oh, the yeah. show aired. Yeah. And I know that's so true. Mm-hmm. It is kind of, it has, it's way life. more popular now. I mean, yeah. it was right when it had ended, it was like maligned. I mean, people were so angry. There was a lot of hate coming at us all over the internet. And there was Insane. like, it was really, really like, a, it was an isolating time. And for, for me who like, was in the community, mm-hmm. I felt like I had to come back to the community and be like, is it okay if I come back? Oh. Like, you know, there was a bit of that. And it. W- I did first date kind of immediately after that. And I remember doing the, the stage door and people being like, we loved Smash. And I'm like, 
what? Like <laughs> it was literally the first time anyone had wow. ever said like, we love this show. Mm. Now people say it constantly. Oh my God, we love Smash. We love blah, 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 blah. But like the way, I'll just say this really quickly and you no, can cut no this worries. out. Like the way network TV was looking at how people were watching shows back then was changing and they didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So at that time, if like, six million people were watching a show, it wasn't enough people to watch a show to keep it on network television. Now, it's like if you put something on Netflix and 450,000 people watch it, they'll, st they'll still make another one because yeah. there's so much TV. Instead of making one TV show that everyone likes, they're making one TV show per person in the world, mm -hmm. basically. Literally. And so now to hear that that's still a lot of people. Like if 8 million people watch Smash, that's more than have ever seen me on Broadway in my entire 15 year career. Wow. One episode. Yeah. So like you start to get lose sight of that. So when people start coming up to you from Iowa or Indiana or London or whatever and saying they love Smash, you're like, oh, right. You guys were out there too. Mm -hmm. I was just surrounded by 10 blocks of people who hated the show. Mm. So, you know, that happens. Where is Anna now? Oh, God, Anna. I don't know. Hopefully she's killing it. Like, hopefully she found, she went on the once tour. She did. She did. You know, yes. so maybe she got to come in and replace on Broadway. Yeah. Maybe she won a Broadway.com audience award. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> maybe she's like finally, uh, you know, she's playing Trina in, in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, whatever. It's, uh, yeah, False Falsettos. Yeah. yeah. Let's oh, go I with that. that She's like finding won. her womanhood finally. <laughs> she won you a Broadway.com audience yeah, award. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. might be the That's title of the episode. Yeah. Um, so so we're, we kind of have to go back a little bit yeah, too yeah, because exactly. you obviously had a bunch of incredible early Broadway experiences. Mm -hmm. You were in Spring Awakening mm -hmm. when it first came to Broadway, but then you got to revisit it yes. with the Death yeah. West production. Yeah. What was that experience like? Oh my God. It was so amazing. Like I, oh God, I can't believe it happened to be honest, but um. I I remember, this is a vivid memory that is for real. We were in tech for um, the original. And in the mere blue night, there was a moment where like all of these filament mm -hmm. blue light bulbs like descended from oh, the yes, ceiling. Beautiful. Yeah. And we were in thing and I, I started crying because I was like, this is so beautiful. I can't believe I'm like in something so beautiful. Also, like at the time, Times Are a Changing and High Fidelity had both closed within a week. And we were like, we have this crazy weird musical yeah. and like I will be so heartbroken if no one gets to see this. Like if this doesn't get to be what people see because it had changed my life. I saw The Atlantic and okay. it changed my life. So um, so the fact that I was in it already and like I wanted people so badly to see it and we had these beautiful blue light bulbs. I started crying and then my next thought was, can I cuss on this? Are we oh yeah, oh my God, yes. Some fuck is going to want to revive this and it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember being mm -hmm. like, I don't want to see the revival of this. This is <laughs> like someone is going to totally miss the point of yeah. this musical. And um, and I felt that way for a long time and being like, they're going to put it in like in an insane asylum or something stupid. Uh -huh. Like this is going to be some uh -huh. dumb, weird version of this show and I'm going to be distraught. Um, because like it will close here and then people will be like that found musical that didn't work. Mm. We're going to make it work. Like I had all of these like thoughts in my head. So it wasn't until like, I, it was like a couple years later, Andy had been like, Hey, we're developing, um, spring awakening with deaf West. And I was like, that's it. That's it. Like I couldn't have believed there would be a way to do it. But I remember feeling like that's the only way that's mm -hmm. the only way to do it. And then to have Andy involved, who had been on the tour, yes. and Michael, who was genius and like had been in the Deaf West world already, yep. I was like, this is going to be great. And I was just a sideline fan. And they did the Inner City Arts um, uh, uh, production in you know Skid Row in L.A. Okay. And I was like t t tweeting about it and telling everybody about it. There was no like idea I was ever going to be in it. And then I got this text from Andy being like, what literally what's your chemo treatment schedule? Oh, and I was like, okay, well I'm this and I'm that. And like, I could do it every three weeks. And then my last one's on April 24th or something. And then I have my surgery on, um, I think it was like April 10th or something. And my surgery was on uh, June 24th or something. And he was like, okay, do you want to play Ilsa in the Deaf West Spring Awakening? And I was like, what? I mean, yeah. But what? Like, it'd be like if someone was like, do you want to play Annie right now? You're just like, yes. it's not coming back. That mm -hmm. thing's never coming back. And he was like, because our first rehearsal is April, like, 14th and our last performance is June 23rd. It was literally like the last day of chemo and the first 
the end of the show before my surgery. Yeah. It was the exact six week period. Oh my goodness. And he was like, do you think you can do it? And I'm like, I think so. He's like, we can make you videos. You can just work with your hands while you're like learning signs. Oh but basically was like you can't we can't teach someone sign language and the show we need someone and it's mm -hmm. just another like what Andy calls like the victory lap like we just did another production in LA it wasn't mm -hmm. supposed to go to Broadway yeah. you know and so I was like that's amazing and then he was like texting me later he was like I think Alex Wise is gonna have to do it because we lost our um, uh, gay org yeah. and then I was like oh my god Alex like I've never worked with Alex that'll be fun uh, and then he was like so it turns out I'm also gonna be playing Hanshin now <laughs> I mean it was like a slow just yeah. like this weird ass production that yeah. we were all putting together of like just the island of misfit toys i mean it was like anyone who could do it and i'm have cancer and Allie's in a wheelchair and the half the cast is deaf and like it was just like <laughs> should we put on a musical <laughs> let's do it and like it ended up being unreal like an unreal experience it quite literally saved my life Aww. it gave me like purpose again and mm. it and it i remember being in the first day of rehearsal and spencer Liff, who's like an amazing choreographer but also like a fitness guru yes he would make us do a warm-up every day because he was dealing with people who hadn't really done musicals sometimes before so he wanted to make sure everyone was safe and like oh, whatever so yeah. we did this intense like major workout every day i am like body aches I have no hair I'm like pale and I'm like I'm not doing this warm up like I have the best excuse ever and I look over and Allie Stroker is doing tricep dips on her wheelchair and I was like damn it, God damn it. I'm like oh, these deaf kids are doing a musical too mm -hmm. like I need right. to do the warm up and it just brought us all to be like we're all at a deficit somehow mm. in that we haven't done what we are about to do yeah. which meant no one was better on top of anything even if i knew the musical i didn't know sign language and i'm doing chemo <laughs> you know like yeah. so there was all these sorts of ways that we a great equalizer again we all had to come together and do something we had never done before and it was a beautiful thing and then like i'm literally recovering from my double mastectomy like on drugs and i get a call and they're like you think you can make it to broadway oh and i was God. like Oh, yeah, let me see what I can do and like I had to like move everything we had just moved into because I was doing all my treatments in LA and I had to get a doctor to do radiation in New York so I was like doing radiation during rehearsal and like in what? here it was like all of this like crazy I was like let's just make it happen and I mean I can't imagine any 15 to 23 year old playing Ilsa like mm -hmm. it it took all of that experience that I had gone through to mm -hmm. like dig into what she had been through. And it was really beautiful to be able to give that, give that opportunity all that I know now and what I knew about the show and who I loved about that character already. And like put that in there was something you don't get ever. So it was really oh, special. And you turned out a beautiful performer. Thank we, you. We, we drove up on our fall break of our oh, senior yeah? year of college. Yeah. It was so exciting. And, you know, I studied, well, you don't know, I now, studied American Sign Language oh, as wow. my like, foreign language Amazing. In college. Yeah. So it was so thrilling yeah. to get to go and see you guys do it. Yeah. I mean, and Spring Awakening was so impactful for us mm -hmm. growing up. It was one of those first musicals that it was like, oh, yeah. This is I, I see people who are similar to my. It's age. like when you right, saw Annie, right? Exactly, Annie and and doing things that are interesting. They're not just yes. like bitching about boys or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's like life or death stuff happening yes. that yeah. you don't always get entrusted with at that age. You know? Oh 100%. yes. So and it, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you one of the few actors that both voiced your role and signed it? Yes. Yes. I was a Simcom right. actor. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was only like maybe two or three of us. The, either people were just voices or just sign. Yeah, which was. Not to say it was hard or anything, but it was difficult. Like I it was imagine. hard because it was easier when I didn't know what I was signing oh, okay. because it was choreography almost. Okay. I could fit it with the words that I was saying. Once I knew what I was saying with my hands, I was speak you're speaking two languages at the same time. And it's like it's so weird. The syntax is totally different. It's not a word for word translation. Right, ASL yeah. is not. Mm -hmm. So it's like my final line was, by the time you finally, you know, by the time you finally wake up, I'll be lying on some trash heap. And my signs are like, understand, moment I'm falling over trash, um, you know, like, uh, oh, no, you understand, you wake up, 
moment I'm falling over trash. Krista like that's is sort of like right what I'm for those of you live on the podcast. She, her recall is incredible. So it's yeah. like you're like, oh god, and that makes sense to someone in their syntax language. Mm-hmm. But like to me, I'm going like, you know, understand. By the time you wake up, trash finally on the t- trash yes. heap, yeah. like and <laughs> yes. and act at the same time. It's like two things kind <laughs> of two butting things heads. Butting heads, and sometimes it enhances it even better. Mm-hmm. Like there's a part I can't tell about the dark. I know well. There is no repetition in sign language. There's no reason to repeat a sign over and over again because there isn't different inflections necessarily Mm -hmm. so we had to come up they excuse me came up with four different ways that we were saying so it was up there is a part i can't speak about the dark in my soul there's a part i keep secret about the dark in my life there is a part i'm holding there's a part i push down about you know so it's like i got we got to sing those four lines entirely differently you know than you would say so it did a lot of work for you and then sometimes did some work against you. <laughs> that is yeah. so wild. Yeah, it was beautiful. That's incredible. And I, you know, I will say this. I don't know how you feel about awards, but you were snubbed for a mm. Tony nomination 100%. that year because okay. seen after Don't Just Have <gasps> Blue Wind, which... Well, we all, we, oh I mean, God. we got one for the yes, show, yes, but did. we we all were. I mean, for the show would have been open. Mm-hmm. I hope that so many people in our Austin, show would have gotten Austin and Sandra mm-hmm. is oh one of the God. best actresses I've ever worked with. Unbelievable. She's in Daybreak, guys, by the way. <gasps> a reunion. Yeah. Oh, my she goodness. Had a, she had a cool part in Daybreak. So How we got cool. to work together in Albuquerque. Oh, that's so did cool. Did you feel that your ASL was still kind of fresh when you would interact with her again? Oh, God, it was hard. I got hard. nervous because I had sort of like... <clears throat> been the kids in the show had known that I had done the thing mm-hmm. so now I'm like oh they're gonna know my sign language is not very good like they <laughs> think I'm a great signer and and uh yeah but it was some of it was like riding a bike and other parts of it you're like oh my god I don't know any of this yeah. again and totally forgetting words that I should know it's sure. just you know but they're all so patient they want they want to talk to you yes. you know I always feel like oh you don't want to teach me sign language but they're like no try we'll tell we'll fix yeah. it you know so oh, I love it. Yeah. So cool. That was a beautiful production. And the Thanks. original Broadway company of Spring Awakening too. Yeah. We watched this behind the scenes. It was Jonathan. Oh Rock my God. The vlog. Like mm-hmm. I know, isn't that classic? And you're you're in there and you had like um D- written quotes on, on the mirror. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, so funny. You me know, and Lily and Jen Damiano right? and Remy Zakin all shared a yes. dressing room together, and those kids were fifteen. That's wild. Fifteen. Uh, Jen was fifteen. Uh, Lily was sixteen. Remy was seventeen, and I was twenty-two. <laughs> wow. Of Broadway debuts. Yeah. For both both Spring Awakening productions. Yeah. Did the original one have more Broadway debuts? Had any? I'm sure one? I had. She I had won the you. Gypsy Robe. Yeah. Oh which the Legacy Robe. Legacy now. Robe. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, being me and um. Gerard had done the like 25th anniversary of what's it called? Les Mis. Oh, okay. Oh. It was like a one night only on Broadway thing. Okay. So he technically had also had a Broadway show, but it was not r- like a real thing. And plus he would have been on a principal contract. So, okay. and Jonathan Groff had done In My Life. Oh, okay. The very short lived weird musical. Um and Leah obviously had been in like a million Broadway yes. shows oh, at right, that like point. Yes, and she Les had Mis. been in Fiddler, Les Mis, and Ragtime. Oh, okay, wow. So she was sort of the veteran. But as far as what the requirements for the Legacy Robe were, were your most ensemble contracts, and you were in the ensemble. So I was in the ensemble from Awakening and had been in a swing in Good Vibrations. So yes, I got that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, but other than that, all the other kids were yeah debuts. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Did I you feel it. like they would look to you in that dressing room for like advice, or were they all? Kind I of mean, like, yeah, I would. I, I, I would love to say that. <laughs> I, I think that they would think that. I mean, I think in that time we were all very equal, you know, but the great equalizer, the, the great equalizer. <laughs> right. But I remember like getting into like philosophical conversations with, with Gideon about like yes. Broadway and stuff like that or like things where I, I had kind of been through. I had also been through it in a show that was troubled. Yes. And and it was in the same theater. It was at the O'Neill. Okay. And it was Ooh. like two years before, almost okay. I- identical to the day. And so I was just being like, you guys have no idea mm-hmm. what this could be like yeah. and what it is. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm glad that I had that perspective. Not to say that they took that for granted, but I do think that there was moments where they didn't know what was going to sure. happen next and I had a bit more insight into that but and know. was the show because it was we from afar we live grew up in Cleveland and so yeah we, would, we watched it from afar but was it a huge smash right after opening up until the Tonys no. or was it sort of like a quiet it was a quiet when it first came out it was like 
exciting. Mm-hmm. People had loved it at the Atlantic. So in previews, usually you end up with a bunch of New York audiences anyway. Right. So people were very buzzy about it. And then it kind of dipped a little bit. We opened. We got like the best reviews of the season. Yes, beautiful that times That bumped review. everything up again. We got to put all the pull quotes up front. And then, you know, it's just like the the young kids are, are a draw, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there was some opportunities of that. And then it it petered off pretty hard. Like mm-hmm. we were selling at like 50% capacity before the Tonys. Wow. And the night before the Tonys, we had like a huge audience because it was like all the celebrities were in from sure, the Tonys. Sure. And so like we had like Adina Menzel and Tay Diggs and Leah Schreiber and, and like all of these people on the same night. And so it was what? like this big thing. And then the Tonys happened, and then we won eight Tonys. Yes. And then from then on, it like boomed, and the show was a huge success, and like selling out every night, and like the big juggernaut show, which we didn't expect to happen. But then I left the show a month after the Tonys. Okay. So I remember I, that you left. Yeah, yeah, I was mostly in the like getting people to see the <laughs> yeah, show yeah, phase yeah. of like handing out flyers ourselves kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. That was the part uh, where I was in. But yeah, I got to watch all everyone else. I remember seeing you on the Tony. Weren't you in a yellow dress? Yeah, like a chartreuse, yes. like mm-hmm. urine-colored dress. I remember yes. that because they yeah. they put on it. They let all the swings the, do the it. I was a chair of rock. Yes, yeah, chair of rock. Yeah. Uh, me and um, Gerard, Jen, and this other guy, Robbie Hiker. We were yeah. the we were the chair of rock, and they let us perform the Tonys. Also, Matt Doyle had just joined as an offstage swing kind of standby for Melchior and other roles, and they let him perform as okay. well. So it was really special. And they also, which has never, I've never experienced this before ever, the producers paid for all of us to sit at the Tony Awards as oh, well wow. because it was so many people's first experiences. Yeah. So we all got to walk the red carpet and sit at the awards and watch all of our friends win and all yeah. the show win. And then they came and got us to perform and then we got to like party. I remember crying on the sidewalk at the party because it was like 11 p.m. And I was like, I'm so tired and I, <laughs> all I want to do is party all night long, but I'm so tired. You're up at like 6 a.m. and then you do oh, yeah. rehearsal, then you do your performance, you do a matinee, then you go back and do like camera blocking, then you're there and there's the winning and the thing and it's like, it's crazy, oh but it's so exhausting. Where was that opening night party? It was a, It was right on, the, it used to be called Spotlight. It's on Broadway next to where the New Juniors is sort of oh, okay. area. It's like across from the Crown Plaza. Yeah, yeah. It's like an event space. It's like a four-story oh. event space and, um, it's like been a million different things since then. I think it's mostly. like a gentleman's, or it might be a gentleman's. It's not club a gentleman. I think like it's like it was like a, um, like a country music venue. Oh, I remember when it was that. I something like that. that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is now, but yeah, it was there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. cool. I could talk about Spring Awakening. I know. Forever, yeah. So we need to probably move on. Um, and then a little bit while, a little while later, you originated Wednesday Adams, yes. the Adams yeah. family, mm-hmm. and um, that I mean that was like. Would you say that's what people know you most from? Yeah, or? I probably. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and that was at the Lunt Fontaine, Yeah, that was right? at the Lunt. Yeah. yeah. What was that experience like? Because it was like all these big, like, I mean, Nathan Lane, yeah. and Baby Newer. It was my first time originating something that was for a very long time. Like, okay. I was in the first reading of it. I was in the ensemble, but I was in the oh. first reading of it. Interesting. And then, like, worked my way through and got, finally got the part and did a couple more readings of it, the Out of Town, and then the opening on Broadway. And the year of that. So, you know, with Spring Awakening and In the Heights and Chorus Line, I had jumped in right as it was moving to Broadway or a replacement in the case of Chorus Line. And with uh, Good Vibrations, I had originated it and done like the out of town, but it was very short lived. Okay. So this was the first time I was like from the ground up building something. So that part's really cool. That's the part that I love. And like people, people are always coming up to me, my friends who are like, I was judging this like school competition and like I hear pulled 450 (laughs) times and like you've ruined that song for them because it's because of your weird ass voice like I have a weird ass voice that like sits in a mix that's normally on someone's break you know (laughs) and so they wrote this song for me that sits Mm -hmm. right where I mean I never missed a show for like a vocal nothing I could sing that song through everything oh i had like goodness. bronchitis i could sing that so song because it put me right in where like my healthiest safest thing is but to literally every other person in the world mm-hmm. besides the other women who played it you know in yeah. the shows it's like do i mix this do i about this like it's just so <laughs> weird so that it's 
it's funny to watch that sort of go on. And but yeah, it's but the point is like it's awesome to have a song built for you. Yeah, I apologize to everyone else who sings it now, but <laughs> to have it built. That's for my you. favorite song in the show. Oh yeah, it's yeah. the star. I, I remember hearing it for the first time and being like, "Oh my god, this is it! This is it!" I was like, "This is going to be the Michigan um, song forever, <laughs> oh like the showcase Michigan mm-hmm. song." And like, little did I know it was going to be beyond that. Like, I sort of knew, but and you have like signature songs through yeah. for a lot of different things, which you did in that amazing medley. The please yes. don't leave. Yes, <laughs> so please don't leave after this medley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's funny because like my. F- Fans, I guess. Yes, uh, your fans. Are, they grew up with me. So mm-hmm. while Pulled was the song that defined them in their early 20s, Safer is the song that defines them in their mm-hmm. late 20s, early 30s. Of, oh, like, that's so cool. Where did I get to? You know, so they kind of grew up with me as well. And so those songs start to become a little more uh, iconic to people as well. And yeah, there's so many. I And Blue Hair, which is... Joey Connors's like first viral hit that happened in like 2007, um, even before that, 2005 probably. Um, you know, I'm I was the first one to do that too. So it's like I get to have a lot of those cult classic songs, which That's is cool. So neat. Yeah. Now I have to ask about In the Heights. Yeah. One of my favorite musicals of all time. Yeah. Cool. Did you get to go on in the different roles all the time? You studied for. Yes. Covered? Yeah. Yes. All the time. All <laughs> the time. This is the problem with Broadway. It's like one person gets sick and then three other people get sick. Mm-hmm. And you're usually sharing a dressing room with those other people because <laughs> that's they're the same kind of category, mm-hmm. which means I cover all of them, which means if one gets sick, they knock the whole dressing room out and then I have I'm oh, I'm mm-hmm. on, you know. So, um, yeah, there was like a period of time where I did week long. Like I went on for Karen for a whole week and then the next week went on for Mandy for a whole week and then the next week would go on for Janet for a whole week. Also, Janet covered Mandy as okay. well and Karen. So, oh, I remember that. So okay. if she went on, I went on for her. Okay. So I was always on in whatever scenario. If there was a woman down, I was in. Wow. So <laughs> she does it all. Yeah. Listeners. And my my um, <laughs> my track in the show as the ensemble was designed to dissolve like the dissolvable track was designed to be able to do the show without it so that if i was on they wouldn't have to change too many lifts there was like contingency plans where they're like okay chris's track is gone don't do this lift or you're a partner with this person i've never heard of anything like that before that's so interesting so who was your favorite to go on for um, I think Nina, which was a big surprise, actually. I, could see, I, I was like, I thought you were going to say Vanessa. I know. Yeah. I wanted. I did Vanessa first. Okay. And I had a great time doing it. But like, it was. Well, Karen is such. I mean, they both are, but Karen specifically in that character is so such a beast of like a sing, mm-hmm. and just commanding the stage so much that if it's not your part, it's hard to get that command. Sure. It's hard to like feel comfortable enough to like kick the door down and walk out in that big entrance moment. Yeah. <laughs> and not to say that Nina isn't that she commands the more emotional core yes. of the show in some ways. So it sometimes felt more close to home to be like, I can really just sit here and, and think about how I feel about these things and, and create connections with my parents and like yeah. Usnavi in these moments, these beautiful sunny, these moments where I get to have these like gorgeous, like, human moments to them whereas Vanessa has to be a little bit more on edge yes. a lot and not let it in to the end so sometimes it felt nice to paint play Nina and I was shocked because when I did it I was like whoa I like that yeah, more than I thought cool. I was going to so, oh that's so nice yeah that's so it. great you, I remember Connor you discovered in the heights and you wouldn't let me listen to anything in act two yeah. because we we have this thing where we like to go in cold yeah with sure shows. sure he's like you can listen to 96,000 yeah. you can listen to all these but please do not listen do to anything listen in act two. act two because you know yeah big spoilers deaths and yes. things like that that yes. ha- death that happens in the yes. act, but I think that's one of the most beautiful shows ever. yeah it's a great I mean, show Brie, Nina's song. I know it's just I feel so sad sometimes oh. it gets swept under the rug under the Hamilton it does I know it does the Hamilton um what do I want to call it the Hurricane. Yeah. Is that, oh, that's the, the reference. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
um steamroller is the word i was looking for but like you know it's like oh my god lynn lynn changed the form of musical theater i'm like i know eight years before that that's the thing (laughs) you know like i was there i saw it (laughs) yeah yeah i just want more credit where it was due earlier you know were you a part of that from like workshops onwards or okay they did the inner city arts not inner city arts um what is it third uh, 37 Arts. Oh, yes. Was what it, the Brishnikov studio used to be called. And um, they did the Off-Broadway and I saw okay. it there. And then I actually had final callbacks to be in that production. But I got Spring Awakening on Broadway first. Okay. So I had to, I did that. And then by the time I had done Spring Awakening and done Coruscant in the Heights had come back around. And I was like, any spot for me? And they were like, well, if you audition for it. <laughs> and I did. And I got it. Anita. I did play Anita at the at the no at the Kennedy Center. Yes, which is so cool. Yeah, which was amazing with Soleil Pfeiffer. Oh, Oh, she's she was the yeah and um, Corey Cott and Ephraim Sykes. Oh, was it great? One of our Cleveland, yeah. yeah, remember, yeah. We remember seeing him coming up through the Cleveland theater scene. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, it was oh, great. he's a leading man on Broadway. It was a great cast. We had fun. It you was know what I could see thing. you in? Tell me. I could see you playing Bobby in Company. Oh, well. Yes. I mean, that's what I, the Katrina Lank track, whatever it is, yeah. I'll, I'd love to do it. <laughs> she plays the best roles. She does. Yeah. I know. I'm, um, I'm excited to see that. I, it was funny to see now this like gender bend version of it mm-hmm. to realize that like actually all the women have the good songs. They do. And, and I think that's my biggest. <laughs> we're a little. I think, yeah. I think the role of Bobby and the idea of it does fit better totally. as a woman. Totally. But there are great female roles in company. Totally. That are female all... voices. I know. Because like there was like they had they had approached me to audition for something and I was like oh for nope that's a man yeah. oh for the nope that's a man I'm like wait what's love we're yeah. losing mm-hmm. all the good female parts and you don't realize what a good show it is for women until you're mm-hmm. you take them away yeah it's, it's going to be great. And I was actually talking to a friend about this is like, this isn't the last production of company we're ever going to see. No, yeah. It's just, this is a nice chance to see it a little bit differently. New. We're right. going to see it again. Right. It's one of those things. Right. So right. I'm excited. And Matt Doyle is going to be amazing. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Is, is uh-huh. Jamie. He is Jamie. Yeah. yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Okay. So we're kind of wrapping yeah. up on yeah. time. I want to talk about Daybreak really Okay. Quick. Great. Yes, please. We have questions, Miss Crumble. Uh-huh. The name, oh th- first of all, the most iconic character name <laughs> in the world. You get a little origin story in the first episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are so you in all, yeah. all the episodes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that photo they released of yep. you is so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give a quick plot yeah. synopsis so, of Daybreak? Um, so Daybreak is a like a mixture of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Mad Max, Zombieland, and Lord of the Flies. It's awesome. like a comedy about the apocalypse and basically at its core it's about how um this the this a nuclear bomb goes off it's like a biological war- warfare so it turns all of the adults over 18 into ghoulies which are basically like zombies okay and all the kids under 18 survive and they basically default to their high school tribes like are their high school clubs okay and turn them into tribes to survive in the apocalypse this is so clever yeah it's really smart and so there's like the cheermazon tribe there's the turbo bro jocks there's the 4-h <laughs> club there's the disciples of kardashia there's oh like all of these different clubs that become like the golf club but they're all on steroids basically okay. they're all just like you know they have golf clubs with like spikes on them and like a motorized golf cart that like kills people Very like they're basically yeah it's super mad max in that way um and miss crumble was the biology teacher who for some reason you find out later on um did not fully turn into a ghoulie so she's half ghoulie half human oh she's one of the only adults left okay. in the world that can still string together like a sentence even if it's a little bit crazy wow so she becomes a bit like the sloth from the goonies if okay. you know the the reference oh yeah she's oh, like yes. the gentle giant who yes. joins the kids in their quest for like world saving how neat yeah but the show is very funny and it's sharp and every episode is told in a different um genre Oh, so it's like something for everybody. Like the first two episodes are a Ferris Bueller like knockoff as far as like direct address to the camera and a bit like the fun. Like, yeah, this is how fun the apocalypse is. And then the third episode is a Goodfellas like homage. There's a um, there's a, a samurai film 
like episode where everything's told in like Japanese Fine. samurai blocks. There's one that's entirely in subtitles. There's one that I get to do that is my Miss Crumble, the witch's episode is a cross between a sitcom and all that jazz. Wow. So there's like all kinds. It's something for everybody. Great. Yeah. So are they 30 minute episodes? Like, do you know how no, long? No, they're hour ish, but okay, because cool. of streaming, some of them are like 48 minutes. Okay, some of them are cool. 50 something minutes, but yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's it's really cool. It's an amazing world that they built, and it's really fun. And I had a great time doing it. And um, talk about wanting to get dirty in my career. Mm-hmm. I'm getting figuratively and literally very <laughs> dirty as the witch. I smear bug guts all over my face. I eat fingers and maggots oh, yum. and pillow stuffing, and it's <laughs> it's fun. I think that it sounds like an interesting concept too with yeah. this age of you know streaming and binge watching. Yeah. Oftentimes I'll binge something and it'll be over and I can't remember specific episodes. Right. But I think this like could Daybreak, help. Yeah. You'd be like, oh yeah, that was the that was so and so's episode. Yeah. It's like each character gets their own telling of what's going on, so that's you get to know the characters better. Was it told as a complete story, or do you think there could be like a possibility for an? Oh yeah, no, there's more. Yeah, okay, like we great. hope that there's another season. We have oh, to wait awesome. to see how people. So watch back it. to Albuquerque. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll be back back in Albuquerque. Oh yeah, but we'll see. So is one part another part of drama is talking about relationships within the business. Yeah, and, and you have a wonderful boyfriend. Yes. Right? Yeah. What is his name again? His name's Peter. Um, he is not in the musical business. Okay. And he's not an actor. He's a um, director and a director of photography. Amazing. So he films movies and he um, like does amazing other things and yeah it's great oh i love that did he come out to albuquerque while you were there he came to visit a couple times like he has to work where he has to work too sure but um we he came out a couple times to visit we we went on a hot air balloon ride over christmas and yeah it's the number one hot air balloon destination Albuquerque, New Mexico. All I know about Albuquerque is that it's where the High School Musical series yes. took place. Yes. Yes. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And Breaking Bad. Okay. Breaking yeah. Bad's also Albuquerque. It's the new the new hot spot. Yeah. Well, it's cheap to film there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Netflix owns the studios there now. Okay. So like El Camino, the new Breaking Bad movie was shot entirely there. Okay. And like while we were there, Tom Hanks was shooting a movie out there. It's oh like the place to go. Also like the place to go if you want a post-apocalyptic show because right. Obviously. there's nothing there. So. I think it's like the hills right. have eyes or something yeah, like yeah. that being out there. Because it's the, the story of Daybreak take place in Glendale, California. Okay. So when I saw it, I was like, oh great, we're going to go to LA. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, 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 post-apocalyptic Glendale, which is Albuquerque. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow great so uh, okay so we're wrapping up here, okay and we like to end our show with a little dose of drama so okay. this is a chance to end on a dramatic note and we like to share the drama in our hearts whether it be i don't know a show that you're going to see or maybe that you've already seen um any content you're consuming whether mm-hmm. that's music film tv maybe a date or a lover that you're moodily reflecting on um are oh. you feeling dramatic today and i think i'm gonna kick this off yeah with my kick dose it off of drama, yeah which is that there, I've got some drama in that Krista had the chance to be in a TV show with someone that I've been obsessed with for years, and she got to kiss him on this TV show. <laughs> this was on Gossip Girl. She got to kiss Nate Archibald. Yeah, Chase in Crawford. A season two, two. Mm-hmm. episode, which, you know, he was one of my first crushes yeah. as a young gay man. Sure. I am eyes. still jealous yeah. that you got to do this, and I'm feeling a little dramatic that it wasn't me that got to do that. <laughs> Let me tell you, you, it's one of the ma- first questions I've gotten in my career since then. Really? That, like, yeah, they uh, like the day that it aired it was my first TV job ever, and I was walking. I was going to see um, Legally Blonde, a fun. and I was walking to the theater, and I heard like someone come running up behind me, and I was like scared i'm in times square i'm like who's about to tackle me and it is like a 65 year old woman and she's like oh my god you got to make out with chase crawford what was that like Uh and i was like oh my god literally this aired last night and like already this woman is chasing me down the street and she's 65 like oh my god what well you know the way that it but what's great like little tidbit is that um when i went into my audition for smash Josh Safran, who has now been like a mm-hmm. friend of mine, was like, oh, I know you. I wrote your episode of Gossip Girl. Yes, and yes. I was like, well, thanks for that makeout scene yeah. then. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're yeah. the one I should shake my your hand yeah. then. And now he's been like, you know, 
responsible for like six out of the ten jobs on TV. I've ever had. <laughs> so he's yeah. a genius. Yeah, but Chase was very sweet. It was very nice. We uh, had a good time. But yeah, but people will discover that now that it's streaming. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, my God, oh, yeah, that it was found you. a new life yeah. once it was streaming. And totally. It's coming back. They're doing it. Coming back with Josh Jeffrin. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Cool. Yeah, he's doing it. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll get to make out with Chase again. Oh, maybe. <gasps> No. I want to come with you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? My drama is something fun and positive, but it also kind of ties into Krista. Okay. So we mentioned the Adams family earlier, mm-hmm. and my boyfriend is currently Gomez in his oh. college production. Oh, how fun. Yes. And it opens um, on Halloween night, but it'll <gasps> be, by the time this airs, I will then be going to see him in Where it. Where is it? It's at Wright State in okay. Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Yeah, cool. And um, I'm just so excited to see him. It'll be about like over a month since oh I've seen gosh. him. And he's currently in Techland. But oh my God, I know. I am so excited to see. I've never seen a production. I've only oh, heard really? some of the music. I, so. it, it took me a long time to see a production. I saw it maybe like three or four years after I did it. And it's changed. It's he changed. explained to me that they changed it and it's not yeah. the same thing. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. And it's kind of just surreal to be sitting here with you. And yeah. he's like, you know, people like will we'll sometimes play the cast album if we're like running choreography yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, and you like know Christina. <laughs> and I was like, it is pretty surreal. It's pretty crazy. So that's my drama. I have a friend week. who um, lives in Florida now. She was a Broadway star in her own right. And her daughter now is um, doing did the Adams family hurt? She's like seven or oh, something. Wow. And she was like playing pulled in the other room. And she was like, why are you playing this? She's like, Oh, we're doing Adams family. And she's like, you know, that's Krista. And she was like, no, like Aww. she couldn't put it together. That that's, that's so cute. Yeah. So anyway, that's fun. It's fun to be that type of yeah. person. Um, do you have a, a little d- dose of drama for us today, Krista? Uh, dose of drama. Well, we're about to go do a student matinee. Oh my goodness! For Seared, I'm about to go do a student matinee for Seared. And interestingly enough, the last time we did a student matinee, I got a lot of pushback from the audience about Emily. A lot of pushback from these young women, and I'm I kind of had to call one out. We did like a talk back afterwards. Really? She was like, "You are so annoying," and I was like, "Tell me what I did wrong." And she was like, "Uh," I'm like, "Tell me what I did." Yeah, good. Well, you okay? And what about when he? What about when that? Yeah. Does he have a new? Does I have a that? Did the thing this? Did this happen the way I said it was going to mm-hmm. happen? You know. So I'm I'm interested to see how. This is now a group of um, culinary students, actually, oh, okay. which is totally on brand for the yeah, show. Oh, very much. Uh, we'll see if they recognize these characters in their life. But like, I it it sort of got to me that like a young woman wouldn't fight for mm-hmm. for me for for Emily and for yeah. like the the these type of women in the world. So mm-hmm. I hope that you know maybe. She's thinking about it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm gonna get to the kids. I'm gonna help That's to the get value to the kids. Of those yeah. talkbacks yeah. too. Yeah, you know, one thing I was gonna say is like Emily keeps her cool throughout pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, until the end. Where you have yeah, until yeah. The end. Whereas you have um, Raul Esparza's character. Remind Hot. me of his name again. Uh, Harry. He didn't stop yelling no. at people. Like no. he was so mean at times. The first thing he says to me is like, "You want me to consult with some girl?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and because I just keep going, yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh, she's so annoying. I'm mm-hmm. like, he tried to kick me out yes. yeah. of a he job I was hired right for. We all have to advocate for our own characters. Yes. So I obviously am going to feel like of course. Emily should be, you know, put on a pedestal. But I just find it interesting when young women are mm-hmm. not seeing that side of not taking that extra step like I said you guys yeah. had done. So we'll, we'll see how help. these we have another talk back today. We'll see okay. how this group does. So. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And That's watch Daybreak. Yes. yes, watch Daybreak. Oh my God, Krista, thank you so much yeah, for being here. It you. means the, the whole world yeah, to us. Yeah, thanks for letting me talk for so long. <laughs> no, we loved it. We loved it. Um, so for anyone who is tuning in for the first time, um, follow Drama at The Drama Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Dylan McDowell everywhere. And I am at Connor McDowell everywhere. And be sure to follow Krista. And all right, Dylan, until next until time. Until next time. Drama. drama.